Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. Hello and welcome in. Thursday edition of the program. We're back. We missed the Wednesday show. The power was out here at the Big X, but back with you live today and so glad to have you with us. Don't forget, if you can't join us weekdays at 11 a.m., you can always find the podcast of our show. We're available on Apple Podcasts and wherever you listen to podcasts, no matter how you're with us today, glad you're joining us. Don't forget, you can join in on the conversation, the Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450 Again, 502-414-1450. A quick look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Uh, coming up here a little later, Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall joins the program, getting ready for Hoosier Hysteria on Saturday afternoon. First time in over a year and a half since fans will be allowed in the building to watch some form, some activity of IU basketball. I know everybody is excited for that. And later in the show, Matt Weaver, the football writer for Pigs.com, joins. We preview IU Penn State, big Saturday night challenge for the Hoosiers who look to go on the road. Of course, they got a win a season ago over the Nittany Lions, but things are going to be, I think, even more difficult this season, especially on the road against a solid Penn State team. That's the show lineup, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals that are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service. It's still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Here this opening segment, we've got some Zaxby's headlines coming up here in a moment, but first – a guest. You know, we talk so much about high school sports and how special community sports still are here in great southern Indiana. We've had so many state champions recently across many different sports. Basketball really moves the needle. Silver Creek boys and girls have been really good. A few years ago, New Albany won a state championship. There's been lots of success recently from local teams. And we've highlighted the baseball teams and their success in some state championships. But, you know, we need to do a better job covering some of these other sports and giving some recognition to other coaches and student athletes in the area that are doing outstanding. And we're getting to that portion of the fall where lots of postseason activities are underway. Tennis is underway. Girls golf is headed to their state championship coming up this weekend. Soccer sectionals get underway very soon as well. And before you know it, we'll have football pairings, and it'll be time for the football sectionals as well. And with me right now is Kara McCormick. She's the head golf coach, the girls golf coach, at Floyd Central High School, and the Highlanders finished third in Saturday's regional down in Washington, Indiana, and they're headed to the state finals meet coming up here very soon at Prairie View Golf Club in Carmel, Indiana, just on the northern side of Indianapolis. Coach McCormick, congratulations to you and your players. Just getting to the golf state finals in itself is a huge accomplishment. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Yes, this is uh this has been a long time coming 
I can remember many years back where if we've missed it by one, we've missed it by two, three strokes. Um, this is the first time since I've been coaching at Floyd that we've made it up. are just so excited for this experience. And, Coach, I think as you talk to us right now, you're in transit for the practice round up in Carmel, so your girls will get an up-close-and-personal look at the course before they compete in the state final match. Yes, we are in route. We um, we got to play in the state preview tournament uh, early this season in early August. Uh, had a great experience there. Girls got to see it, but we're going up again today, get our practice round in, and then be ready to go tomorrow. All right, Coach McCormick, tell us about this team. Highlight some of the seniors and some of the key golfers that have helped Floyd Central to a great season and now lots of tournament success so far. Absolutely. We are led by two seniors, Audrey Giovinco and Sophie Cook. Both girls have poured their heart and soul into this team and, you know, doing a great job. Then we have a sophomore, Trinity Bramer, and then two freshmen, Chloe Cook and Paige Giovinco. Uh, Paige has been leading us this season. She is just a standout freshman, doing a wonderful job this year. And, you know, the, the great thing about these five girls is that anyone can score. We can go to a tournament, and there is no telling who is going to have a great day. And it, it's just wonderful to watch when you have a team where every single girl just can shine. And it is so much fun to watch. And what's even more special is we have two sets of sisters, but really they act as one cohesive unit. And it's just like a big family at Floyd Central. It is so much fun. Really cool stuff. Kara McCormick, she's the girls' golf coach at Floyd Central High School. She's joining us here in the opening segment brought to you by Zaxby's. Did you mention that Paige, who's had a standout season for you, is only a freshman? She is only a freshman, and she's only going to get better. This, She is a girl to watch as she moves through. It is just impressive. Um, we, we love Paige and watching her play and She's only going to get better. Wonderful things are going to come in the future. What's the pressure like for these young ladies as they fire away shots at a big semi-state or regional round last week down in Washington and get ready for the state finals coming up this week? has to be a very pressure-packed environment for them as the golfer and for you as their coach and, of course, for their parents as spectators. I think the regional is really the most pressure. That's where, you know, it, it, it's live or die, single elimination. And so going out there, you know, last week was really tough. I think that's the most nerve-wracking we have ever experienced. Um, going into the turn, we were up 11, but there's been many times we've gone up to the regional and we've been up that many and another team just plays better on the back and, you know, we missed the cut. And so, the girls definitely felt it, but they rose to the occasion last weekend, and they played the best back nine we've seen in a long time, made up even you know bigger strides, and we got that third-place finish and get to go have this wonderful experience at State this weekend. Coach McCormick, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but Floyd Central has had a really strong golf program across the girls and the boys in recent years. This isn't the school's first trip to the girls' state finals, and the boys have had some success as well. How does Floyd Central's program stack up against some of these contenders at the state finals? And when you speak and maybe become a representative for this area as a leading coach and a team headed to the state finals representing Southern Indiana, how is golf in this area uh, as far as how strong is it? Floyd Central has always had a great program. You know, I think we can really give that to the middle school. We have some great middle school programs that are in place. Um, you know, and so we're starting them young, which is really great. And as they come up through the program that, you know, they, they know the skills once they get to high school and it's they're, they hit the ground running, which is really wonderful. 
Uh, we have been running somewhere in the seventh to ninth position in the state all season um, in the rankings. And so it, it's really strong. And, you know, when you look at how big our state is and how many teams, that's a really big compliment and a nod to Floyd Central. And, you know, boys' program is equally as strong, and they're going to do great things this season. And I just think it speaks wonders about our kids. Great stuff. Karen McCormick, she's the girls' golf coach at Floyd Central. Coach, we love our high school sports locally. Southern Indiana, there's no place like it where community-oriented sports still matter. And uh, I know we probably don't mention golf and a few other sports as much as we should, but when we saw the opportunity to feature you guys and maybe spread a little love and support for you uh, in advance of this weekend state finals, we wanted to do so. So best of luck to you and the girls, and let's see if we can bring another trophy back here to the area. Oh, thank you so much. That's what we're hoping for. Absolutely. Kara McCormick with us. She's en route to the uh, state uh, meet in Carmel, Indiana, and uh, practice rounds coming up today for her girls. The state meet on Friday and Saturday at Prairie View Golf Club in Carmel. We wish the Lady Highlanders golf team the very best of luck coming up here this weekend. A couple other notes for you in this opening segment. Will Loving's Watts at Jeffersonville was all set to make his college decision yesterday, but because of some issues there at school, things have been delayed until today. Will Loving's Watts is going to choose between five schools, Bradley, Drake, Kent State, Massachusetts, and Murray State are the suitors still in the race for Will Loving's Watts. He's going to play a definite, a solid mid-major level of college hoops, and he's going to make his announcement today at 1.30 on the program. And I think according to Coach Grants at Jeff that Will is going to join us Friday on our program to talk about his decision, whichever of those schools he chooses. But he's one of the reasons that the Red Devils will be one of the top teams in Southern Indiana hoops this upcoming season and wanted to get his decision out of the way in advance of the upcoming uh, basketball season as well. Also, another recruiting note of interest, a really good player down in our area, a little to our west, southwestern Indiana at Heritage Hills. His name is Trent Sicily. His older brother has already graduated. You know, Heritage Hills had some great battles uh, with Silver Creek in recent years in the regional round of the tournament down in Washington. But Matt Painter and staff down at Heritage Hills to watch Sicily yesterday, and they offered the Heritage Hills player a scholarship offer. I know Indiana has watched Sicily and is somewhat involved with his recruiting, but he is someone in the state that's making some major gains and will be one of the best players uh, in southern Indiana across the whole entire region this coming season. He lands a scholarship offer yesterday from Purdue. Of course, Hoosier Hysteria is officially set for Saturday in Assembly Hall. First time in a year and a half that fans will be able to uh, be in the arena and actually watch and participate in really not a game, but in activities as well. Yesterday, the school released details of the event on Saturday afternoon that begins at 2.30 p.m. It's uh, free parking, free admission. You're asked to bring a canned good uh, to benefit the Hoosier Hills Food Bank. But the doors open at 2.30. The event is, uh, is gets geared up not too long after that. Three-point shooting contest on the men's side. Anthony Leal, Tamar Bates, Parker Stewart, and Miller Cop, as you would expect, will all be participating in that contest. On the women's side, uh, two of the four we know, Grace Berger from Louisville, she's going to be in that contest, as is Allie Patberg, former Miss Basketball from Columbus North. 
In the skills competition on the men's side, Rob Finnessy, Xavier Johnson, Logan Duncombe, and Race Thompson will participate. And in the dunk contest, which is all men's players, Jordan Geronimo, Christian Lander, Trey Galloway, and of course, Trace Jackson Davis uh, will participate in the dunk contest. Uh, the release that came out yesterday said, following the skills competitions, the men's team will hold a basketball workout on the court. Now, that doesn't guarantee or necessarily sound like a 10- or 15- or 20-minute scrimmage like maybe we've seen in past years, but some sort of workout will take place on the court. Maybe you'll get a few looks at the team going up and down the court at Assembly Hall, but don't expect a ton uh, Saturday afternoon in Assembly Hall as far as gameplay goes. And you can watch the event. It's uh, on Big Ten Network's subscription piece, which is called Big Ten Network Plus. I looked it up yesterday. I think it's a $9.99 a month feature, so you can get it for the first month or two to see Hoosier Hysteria, possibly to see some of the early non-conference games that aren't on Big Ten Network or other television opportunities, and then cancel the package, which is what I've done in recent years. But if you want to watch Hoosier Hysteria and you can't make it to Bloomington on Saturday, you do have the opportunity to do so through the Big Ten Network. One of the biggest things I took from the release yesterday is that Isaiah Thomas is going to be the special guest of IU Men's Basketball and will be there at the the arena. Former IU All-American, two-time NBA champion to address Hoosier Nation, according to the release. And, of course, Mike Woodson will also make his first public appearance at Assembly Hall as the IU men's basketball coach, and he is expected to talk to the fan base uh, before the activities get underway. So uh, not a long event, not going to learn too much, I don't think, about the team for this upcoming season, but should be a very fun day of hoops, which always signals that the college basketball season is just around the corner. Don't forget the Thornton's text line. You can send in your questions for our guests, send in your comments, sound off. Had some uh, comments come in already. We'll read those a little bit later in the program. Don't forget Thornton's is the perfect stop for all the best pick-me-up items that you need to get your day started, like fresh coffee and delicious donuts. You can find all that at your local Thornton's store. We'll head to a commercial break. This is our first segment brought to you by Zaxby's. Stay with us as our Thursday program continues. Alex Bozich of Inside the Hall is next. We'll discuss IU basketball, recruiting, and, of course, Hoosier hysteria. All coming up next here on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. I'll handle this the way I want to handle it now that I'm here. You it up to begin with. Now just sit there or leave. I don't give a what you do. Now, back to the game. Here's Matt Dennison. All right, back with you here on this Thursday program. Thursday means the opportunity to catch up with the great Alex Bozich of InsideTheHall.com for the very latest in IU basketball. Don't forget the Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. Alex, Hoosier Hysteria is Saturday. We had men's basketball media day on Monday afternoon, so it's been a busy week 
And yesterday afternoon, we found out some of the details for Hoosier Hysteria. What did you make uh, from the press release or from what you know uh, from sources in Bloomington? What, what did you make of the release? Will there be any kind of scrimmage? It said there would be a workout of sorts once the skills competitions come to a close on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, from my understanding, talking to some people last night, I asked about that because I noticed that too where it said a workout. And uh, the folks I talked to uh, working under the assumption that that does mean it will be a scrimmage of of some sort. So um, the wording may be a little bit confusing. But, yeah, it sounds like they've got a special guest lined up. Uh, I I think that, I guess, is leaked out that uh, Isaiah Thomas, I guess, is supposed to be there uh, and maybe address uh, some folks. And, um, you know, it should be, you know, this event's always really focused around recruiting obviously as we talked about in the past couple of weeks Matt's going to be a lot of younger kids from the Midwest and, you know Jalen Hood Shafino will be there uh, but really it's more of an entertainment event than anything else but it's always an exciting uh, time because it's uh, in many ways the the actual first you know public event for the team and the fact that they weren't able to have it last year in person. It was a, a virtual event. I'll be real interested to see uh, what kind of turnout they get uh, for Hysteria. Uh, I think it's good that they're also offering the option for people to watch it uh, on, on BTN Plus uh, who can't make it there. You know, there's a lot of people around the country that pro- follow this program and just aren't local, and, and they'll definitely want to be able to follow it. But uh, definitely uh, – a lot more organized, uh, you know, Archie Miller under Archie Miller was really organized too, but I can remember kind of going back to the Creed years. We kind of never knew anything about it until the day of like in terms of who was going to be in the dunk contest and the skills contest and three point shooting and all that. And now, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of run like a, a, you know, a well-oiled machine. They, they hope to get everybody, I think, in and out of there in 90 minutes. I think it'll be very structured on schedule on time. And uh, it should be an exciting afternoon of basketball. And then you got IU football, of course, Saturday night playing Penn State. So uh, busy Saturday of sports uh, for IU athletics. Alex, I mentioned this earlier. I thought the biggest news yesterday when the release came down from Bloomington was that Isaiah Thomas is going to be in attendance. And it sounds like he's going to talk to the crowd uh, on Saturday afternoon, Saturday evening. Yeah, that's, uh, I think, a good thing, obviously. Um, he's, he's obviously somebody that – is uh, near and dear uh, to the hearts of all IU fans, uh, one of the greatest to ever uh, play in Bloomington, you know, somebody that obviously Mike Woodson's close with. And, uh, you know, he's he's a name that, that resonates with people, young and old. You know, uh, you know a lot of recruits and, and the like may, may not remember Mike Woodson as a player in the NBA or at IU, but they definitely know the name Isaiah Thomas. Uh, you know, winning the, the NBA championships that he did with the Pistons. He was obviously heavily featured in The Last Dance, uh, the, the documentary on Michael Jordan. And he's on NBA, you know, TV and very visible. So I, I think anything you can do to kind of bring those people around the program who still, uh, <laughs> excuse me, have have a, um, you know, have the ear of, of, of uh, college, uh, college recruits and, and people who um, – you know, still care about basketball and follow it. I mean, Isaiah Thomas is a you know Hall of Famer, uh, arguably one of the greatest point guards to ever play. So I think it's kind of it, it's it's a good balance because people who have been following the program uh, for a long time will obviously like to see Isaiah 
but he's also somebody that has credibility uh, with younger players and somebody you know that that recruits him and, and that would would definitely like to to hear talk and, and uh, have involved in the event so I, I think it's that's a you know you you can't really think of anybody else uh, as a who could be um you know as kind of well known to you know younger young and old uh, as Isaiah Thomas is. Yeah, and I think this goes without saying. I don't want to be Mr. Obvious here, but based on what we've seen so far and based on what Coach Woodson has said going all the way back to the day of his hiring in that press conference, I think if you're a season ticket holder and if you regularly attend IU games at Assembly Hall this season, you should expect to see alumni coming back for games that maybe you haven't seen often or at all in the last number of years. Oh, no no doubt about it. I mean – I think they've made it clear that everyone's welcome back. You know, Tom Crean and, and Archie talked about that a lot of times, but, you know, it was, we didn't actually see it manifest itself uh, with any regularity. But now I think you got a former player uh, running the program. You got a former player as an assistant coach. And it, it's going to, there's going to be a big emphasis on family and, and, uh, you saw Eric Gordon was down in uh, the Bahamas watching the team uh, at the uh, at the Atlantis for those two exhibition games they played. There's going to be uh, any any opportunity that they can get notable former players to come back for games and have them visible. I think is going to be taken advantage of and, and promoted uh, moving forward. No question, Alex Bozich inside the hall, my guest. Alex, I want to go to the Thornton's text line for a question here. Uh, Tamar Bates, there's no question about it that he's one of the more intriguing additions uh, to this IU team that fans are excited about, buzzing about, and looking forward to seeing whether it's Saturday or in the uh, first game of the regular season. Texter writes in, would IU have gotten Tamar Bates if Armand Franklin hadn't left? And do you think, Alex, it will turn out to be an upgrade from based on based on what we know so far about Tamar Bates, which really, unless you were at the Bahamas trip, uh, you don't know a ton other than what we know from his high school days. Yeah, it's hard to say whether or not they would have still gotten him. I, I would probably lean towards no uh, because they're obviously playing the same position and maybe Tamar Bates wouldn't have seen the same opportunity. Who knows? Um, in terms of Miller Cop or who else uh, would have come in, uh, you know, you, you just never know. Armand Franklin, if he would have come back, I think was easily Indiana's second best player, uh, a guy that could average 15 or 16 a game. I think he's going to be really good at, at Virginia. Uh, but Tamar Bates, I mean, uh, long term in terms of NBA prospect and career, I think he definitely has potentially a higher upside. I mean, he's ranked in the top 25, top 30 for a reason, but in terms of impact this season, uh, I, I don't know that he's going to be as impactful as Armand Franklin would have been, but but long-term, I definitely think Indiana may turn out uh, better off uh, with Tamar Bates. It just may take a couple of years for that to really, uh, you know, to show itself. Uh, you know, I, I think kind of as I look at this Indiana team in the preseason and, you know, I've had a lot of people ask me kind of why I'm not as high on them as, as, as others. And, and really, I'm not really that different. Uh, if you look at a lot of the preseason uh, magazines, I think they picked Indiana seventh. I've got them eighth in the Big Ten right now. And my biggest question mark is, is guard play. And, you know, with Armand Franklin, I wouldn't have had so many questions. Without him, I think you're counting on some guys like Parker Stewart and Tamar Bates. 
Um, and, and, you know, the point guard situation, uh, I think a, people, a lot of people are making assumptions that everything's going to go well there. I'm not saying that it, that it can't go well or that it won't go well. I just think there's a lot of question marks. Uh, and so Tamar Bates, to me, is, is really one of the X factors for this team because anytime you're bringing in a, a five-star recruit, you're expecting immediate production. You're expecting somebody that can come in and make an instant impact. And I, I think realistically, expectation-wise, he's probably going to be coming off the bench. But as the season wears along, I could see him as a guy who ultimately is in your starting lineup uh, down the final stretch of the season who's really playing impactful minutes and really impacting your team. But from the get-go, I think he's going to have a little bit of a of a learning curve, as, as all freshmen do. I mean, we, we even saw with, with Romeo when he came in a couple uh, years ago, it wasn't just he came right out and dominated and he was one of the more prolific scorers that I've ever seen in high school basketball. And he didn't come in and average, you know, 25 a game, you know, he, he came in and had to make some adjustments and the same is going to be true for Tamar Bates or any of these highly ranked freshmen. And same thing with Jalen Hutchifino next year. It, it's very rare that you have a freshman come into the big 10 and dominate right away. But I, I definitely think Tamar Bates is going to be a guy who gets better over the course of the season. And if you're asking me long-term, who I'd rather have, I, you know, I, I think I'd rather have Tamar Bates than Armand Franklin. Yeah, absolutely. Alex Bozich inside the hall. Alex, you guys, and it was Tyler Talkman who's been with us previously on this show as well, you guys have a story up right now, just went up this morning about, and I have not even read it yet, but it's about Miller Cop and the swagger that he seems to be bringing to Indiana. And from the few opportunities I've had to see him, even going back to his days at Northwestern, he seems like a guy with a lot of confidence. I know we've kind of gotten a little – insight into him as a person and a student athlete because of his blog or or I should say video blog vlog that he has now that name image mm-hmm. and likeness stuff is allowed but he really even going back to Monday and media day is there a player on the team with more swagger and more personality and even though it may be a short time in Bloomington for him that could provide more leadership in some ways based on how he communicates uh maybe not I mean he's Definitely a change from what we've seen in the past, uh, in the recent history uh, with with IU basketball. I mean, I've been thinking a little bit about this in terms of a comparison, just in terms of attitude on the court. I mean, I don't remember an IU player really since Will Sheehy, who was someone that was willing to get under people's skin and, and kind of play with a little bit of uh, edge to them. Uh, I'm not saying that Miller Cop is anything similar to Will Shee in terms of how he'll act on the court, but he does have, um, you know, Tyler called it a swagger. Um, I, I do see some of that in him. You know, I can remember last year when he came into Assembly Hall and uh, Northwestern beat Indiana in a game really a lot of people thought Indiana should win, and, and one of the main reasons they won was Miller Cop. And he, he just plays with a lot of confidence. And I think that can be contagious to a team. You look at Indiana over the last couple of years, they've been searching on the court for a guy who's uh, kind of an alpha, somebody that that leads and and brings confidence to other players. They just haven't had it. And I'm not saying that Miller Cop's going to be necessarily that, but I I do think that he's someone who is going to play with, you know, an edge about him. And, and just a different way he carries himself uh, than what we've seen in previous years. And I, I definitely think that can be something that that rubs off on other players. I mean, guys like Rob Finnessy, they need to have some some confidence and play with a little bit uh, a little bit more swagger than what we've seen uh, in the past. And I, and I definitely think you know Miller Cop is is a is a confident guy. He's 
uh, a guy that, um, you know, the way he carries himself, it's not, an, I wouldn't call it an arrogance. Maybe it was Sheehy at times. And he would, he would tell, he would tell you this. He carried himself with, with some arrogance. I, I think Miller Kopp is just really confident in who he is as a, as a person and as a player. And he's not afraid to show a little bit, uh, of his personality, and I think that's a really good thing. Alex Bozich inside the hall. We're talking IU basketball. Alex, a little bit of a breaking uh, tidbit here from your father, Rick Bozich of WDRB. He, he mentioned that Coach Woodson said Monday during media day that he has two secret scrimmages scheduled, one against Cincinnati, and then he mentioned the other one would be in Louisville. He didn't say who the opponent would be, but your dad is uh, tweeting out that he's hearing the opponent will be the Belmont Bruins. Yeah, I saw that. I gave it a retweet. Um, I think that's pretty strong for uh, two close scrimmages to play those teams. I mean, obviously we know the connection with uh, Cincinnati because Mike Roberts is there on staff now, and he was at Indiana up until I think late spring when he took the job at at Cincinnati, uh, reuniting with, with Wes Miller, who was at Greensboro with for a long time, and good for Mike to get that assistant coaching job again, uh, but we know the connection there. But Belmont, uh, I think a lot of us kind of assumed it would be Bellarmine that they would be playing, but then now you think about it uh, geographically, I mean, that's kind of a meet-in-the-middle situation for Indiana uh, and Belmont to meet in, in Louisville and play uh, in a close scrimmage. I would assume for something like that that they would have one play, play in one of the bigger venues in Louisville, uh, maybe the Yum Center, uh, something like that, just to kind of get that neutral court feeling playing in a, in a big arena. So that would be uh, something definitely it'll be interesting. Uh, w- w- you know, over the years, I think schools have gotten a little bit more lax on, be- on being willing to uh, release information from these secret scrimmages. Usually now you'll see, uh, obviously there's no video and media can't attend, but usually they'll send out a box score or send out some details at least. So be real interested to see how Indiana fairs against Cincinnati and Belmont, two quality teams. And really, if you were if you had those teams on your non-conference schedule, uh, looking at Indiana's schedule, those would probably be two two of the four or five best opponents that they'll play. So I think it's it's smart to get those games uh, and kind of see where you stand in the preseason. They don't count. Obviously, you can work on things, work on situational um, different different things like that. And uh, two uh, interesting styles of playing. I mean, Belmont's always a really good mid-major team, and they're, they're a team that's capable of beating a lot of a lot of people. So I think those are two really uh, smart uh, opponents to schedule if you're going to do go to the close scrimmage route. And really, you know, as, as much as people like to see Indiana scrimmage, the University of Indianapolis, or some of the other schools that they've scheduled uh, in the past for exhibition, uh, those usually end up 40 to 50 point beatdowns. And obviously, somebody who's helping with the scheduling philosophy in Bloomington now kind of sees the value of these close scrimmages being more important than just beating up on a on a D2 or D3 opponent uh, for really no for really no benefit. Yeah, no question. When I see Cincinnati and Belmont uh, as the two secret scrimmage games, man, Mike Woodson and staff, they're going to learn a lot about this team and and where their areas of concern and maybe even struggle are uh, right out of the gate, which you mentioned if they were if they were non-conference games how tough they would be, but my goodness, uh, why not take advantage of your two secret scrimmages? They don't count as records. No one's really going to be able to scout you from those, and you're going to find out right away, this staff is, what the deficiencies and the areas of concern are for this team. Yeah, looking at Bart Torvik right now, uh, he's got Cincinnati 90th, and he's got Belmont 
69th. So, you know, right there in that range of top 100 uh, teams. I mean, looking at some of the other big 10 te- I mean, St. John's is 79. That's the team Indiana's going to play Penn State's 81. So these are teams that are, you know, maybe towards the bottom half of the top 100 in college basketball, but still quality opponents. And, uh, you know, I, it, it's, it, it, to me, it's 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 smart because you know a lot of teams have to play the exhibition games at home for the money because they've included the season ticket package and they can sell parking passes and concessions. Um, you know, I think it it shows a little bit seriousness on IU's part that they're willing to kind of sacrifice a date or two at home, sacrifice that money to play uh, these teams uh, in a in a situation where they're not going to get any revenue from it. But I, I think long term it kind of helps you as a team and, and can help uh you know really guide you as you begin the season i can remember indiana's been pretty uh smart about some of these preseason scrimmages in years past when they played loyola chicago uh, a few years ago and you know the, the only my only complaint about it is why from an ncaa perspective are we not allowing people to watch these games uh you know even if you don't want them making money off the games i mean let people in or let people watch or, or stream it or whatever and donate the money to charity. I don't really understand the reason uh, that it has to be uh, a secret or closed scrimmage, but, uh, you know, I guess we'll never fully understand all of the NCAA rules and all of some of the silliness behind uh, some of those rules. Yeah, no question. Alex Bozich is my guest. Alex, a couple recruiting notes before we let you go today. I don't think I've mentioned this on the show. I think it happened over the weekend uh, but Caleb Glenn of Louisville Mail, who we had his coach on, uh, we've talked. I've talked with you about him many times, and that Indiana mm-hmm. seemed to really be making up some ground against Louisville. He seemed to be very impressed with the campus and Coach Woodson. Uh, there were lots of positive comments that we got from Caleb's people and his high school coach. He committed to Louisville, and of course, he had just been at Louisville Live, which was at Churchill Downs a few weeks ago, uh, tied in with the horse racing that on that Saturday evening. But uh, just goes to prove even though you may hear really good things some we could say on the air some you could write about some we couldn't uh it's hard to beat the hometown team and Caleb Glenn is off the board yeah as much as we talked about this Matt in the back of my mind um for those kind of who aren't as familiar maybe uh with 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 the city of Louisville and high school basketball and male high schools what four to five miles at the most away from UofL's campus, maybe even closer than that. I mean, his dad played football at Louisville. Uh, if Louisville, if Chris Mack's going to survive at Louisville and, and make this into a contending program, I mean, this has got to be a tap-in putt, right, for him to get this kid. So as much as people wanted to talk about Indiana having a chance, um, and, and I didn't totally discount it, and I thought it was smart for Indiana to, to kind of push – as long as they could to kind of stay in the mix. And we didn't know what was going to happen with the probation or any of that stuff. But I mean, for, for Louisville, this is kind of a must have situation. So uh, I think it, it was, it was fine for Indiana uh, to go as hard as they did. But uh, now uh, it's actually probably a good thing that he went ahead and made the decision. So they didn't waste any more time or effort in recruiting him because uh, as much as we heard about how much he liked IU and had IU in his top four, uh, this is kind of like a, a kid from Bloomington South committing to Indiana, really. I mean, that's uh, the reality of the situation. You wouldn't expect a kid from Bloomington South to, to go to Louisville. So, uh, you know, really the circumstances of the, the shape of Louisville's program, more than anything else, kind of led us to believe that Indiana had a chance. But, 
even even that wasn't uh, as big of a deterrent as, as maybe we thought. And you know, I think it's obviously a, a really good get for Louisville, but ultimately uh, that that's the kid they had to have. Or uh, you know, if, if if he committed to Indiana, I think at that point you'd have some serious questions about the future of Louisville basketball under Chris Mack. So it's really a must-have situation for him and. And Louisville went ahead and got it done. Yeah, second question for you recruiting-wise. I mentioned earlier that Trent Sicily, he's in the class of 2025, so he's a youngster down in Lincoln City, Mm -hmm. Indiana, which is the home of Heritage Hills High School. They've had a great basketball program in recent years. They've had some great battles with Silver Creek. Sicily's older brother was very good. He's at Evansville now playing college basketball. Six-foot-seven power forward. He's already got an offer for Purdue or from Purdue. Matt Painter was at a Heritage Hills practice or open gym. I think it was yesterday. I'm sure Indiana has made contact, obviously is aware very much so of who Trent Sicily is, but he's a player from our neck of the woods, not here immediate in Clark and Floyd counties, but he's going to be somebody, whether it's in that uh, 3A regional that Silver Creek and the winner of that regional feeds into uh, plays in future seasons. Maybe Heritage Hills will get out of that regional and have a chance to make a run to Indianapolis, but he's going to be someone to really watch closely in in-state recruitment for the next handful of years. Absolutely. I mean, freshman in high school, that's pretty significant for, for uh, a kid to get a an offer from a Big Ten school, high major uh, like Purdue, and I would expect Indiana, if, he's, if they think he's good enough, I wouldn't think it'd be very long before Indiana would follow suit. But, you know, the one thing about offering kids that young is you don't always know exactly. You got to be pretty confident uh, in the path of their development that you really think they have a chance to get better uh, for the long term. So that's the one thing I, you know, I haven't seen the kid play, and, and I'm, I'm not disputing that he's going to be a really good player. But you know, I, I think one thing, looking back on recruiting over the last you know 12 to 15 years at Indiana, there's been a lot of situations where they'd offer offered a younger kid, and the kid didn't really pan out to be as good of a player. I mean, there's there's obviously can't miss kids like you know Chris Wilkes or a, a Romeo Langford that you offer really early, um, and, and those kids did pan out and turned out to be obviously five star type recruits and and went on uh, to have really good careers. But there's also been some guys I can remember going back to the Crean era. Uh, not as much with Archie, but there were some younger kids that they offered that didn't really pan out. So be real interested to see where this one ends up. And, uh, you know, for Indiana, I don't think there's any rush to necessarily get in there this early with an offer unless they're really 100% confident that he can play at that level and that they really want him. Um, Purdue, uh, obviously, trying to, to be aggressive, and he's a Southern Indiana kid. So good on them to kind of put some pressure on Indiana, and we'll see what – what the staff ultimately decides to do in terms of a scholarship offer. But uh, it's good to see uh, Southern Indiana having a player of that caliber uh, that we have uh, to look forward to following the career over the next four four seasons. Hadn't even played a high school game yet and getting a, a Big Ten offer. That's uh, pretty uh, pretty significant. Yeah, no question about it. Alex Bozich inside the hall, always kind enough to join us Thursdays on the program. Alex, thank you so much. Hoosier Hysteria is here. College basketball is almost here. We look forward to continuing our conversations. All right. Thanks, Matt. Have a good day. All right. And as we head to commercial break, we always try to make mention and give tribute to some of the great figures in local sports that we've lost and lose. And unfortunately, Coach John Berger, a longtime teacher and coach at New Albany High School, passed away on Sunday He was 73 years old. Coach Berger 
loved high school sports. He was one of my favorite people to run into at a ball game to get his opinion, to chat about what was going on in the area. Started his coaching career at Providence, uh, then left, took the family to Carmel for a few years, came back and spent 40 years at New Albany High School where he coached baseball and basketball for portions of his time at New Albany High School. Uh, He is uh, survived by his wife, Mary Jane, of 49 years. He has three daughters, three grandchildren, and his daughter, Mindy, she's a local principal at the elementary level. She's married to John Dablo, who's the Silver Creek Athletic Director, sports all over the family of Coach John Berger. What people may not know or remember, Coach Berger spent a number of years on this very signal, this very radio station, as the color analyst for the great Charlie Jenkins, who was the play-by-play man at that time. And Charlie and Coach Berger, so good to me over the years, really legendary-type figures on this station. And Coach John Berger, he will be missed. We send our thoughts and prayers to his family. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. Let's win this and for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Let's win for Coach. You got us here. Here's Matt Dennison. Back here on a Thursday, don't forget the Thornton's text line open at 502-414-1450. Download Thornton's Refreshing Rewards app today for great offers and savings on fuel every day. Quick chat coming up with Matt Weaver, the football writer for Peaks.com. Matt, let's start with a somewhat loaded question here. This is another big challenge for the IU football team on the road Saturday night at Penn State. What does Indiana need to do? What are some keys that have to happen if IU is going to be competitive and maybe put themselves in a position to score a big-time upset? Well, you know, defensively, you know, Penn State's got a new a new coordinator, offensive coordinator this year, Mike Yersich. He's a, got a Big 12 background, and obviously the Big 12 runs a lot of tempo offenses, and they're going to see a lot of things similar to what they saw this past week when they went to Western Kentucky. Um, maybe not as fast, but it's still going to be a tempo offense. So defensively, you know, you got to prevent some of those big plays. You know, when you get get them in third downs, um, and hopefully you're getting them in third and longs. You know, you got to you got to get them off the field. And then when they get down in the red zone, you know, try to hold them the field goals. Yards yards really don't matter. I mean, if you give up 500 yards but they're kicking field goals, it's not a big deal. It's when you're Obviously, you know, they're getting touchdowns. And then offensively, you know, you got to protect Michael Penix, give him a chance. I thought he looked a lot better on Saturday. Still not maybe all the way back to where he was last year, but definitely a lot closer. I mean, he, he looked more confident, more comfortable in the pocket. And then, you know, you still got to try to run the ball as well as you can. I mean, Penn State's going to be good defensively, and it's going to be tough to do some things on them. But, you know, run it well enough that your passing game can get going and then try to hit some big plays and then, Special teams cannot have any breakdowns. They've had some this year, and if that happens on Saturday, you've really got no chance. Yeah, DJ Matthews out, obviously, Matt, for Indiana. A little on that, uh, what does Indiana have to do to replace someone that was coming on to really play a big role for this team? Yeah, I think it's going to have to be more by committee. I don't know if there's one guy that you can just plug in there and say he's going to do it. You know, the good thing about IU's receivers, you know, uh, Ty Freifogel can play inside and outside. I mean, DJ Matthews is basically a slot receiver, which is – you know, the inside receiver. 
Uh, Miles Marshall can go inside and out. Um, you know, Jacoby Hewitt can do that. You know, you're, you'll see guys like Jacoby Hewitt, I think, play more. Javon Swinton, um, you know, uh, you know, maybe uh, Cameron Buckley, the transfer from A&M, gets some more snaps. And then he mentioned Malachi Holt Bennett, Coach Allen did this week. He's a true freshman who's been impressive. So, you know, guys like that, it's gonna, like I said, it's going to be more of a committee approach. I don't think one guy is going to step up and replace D.J. Matthews because he had really started to play well, and it's a big blow. But, you know, they've got a pretty deep receiver room, and, and hopefully they can make up for it. Matt, you got a pretty good feel for this football team uh, coming off the victory uh, at a tough road game situation for IU. Can can this game on Saturday be competitive? Do you feel that Indiana is going to make a contest out of this one? Well, I think it can be competitive. I mean, obviously before the season started, I probably was a little bit more confident in, in how competitive it would be. Um, and Indiana's obviously had some – they've had some, some, some tough stretches, some, some you know – periods of play I mean Iowa game you know this is probably the most comparable to that because of the the venue and the atmosphere and the kind of team you're going up against and obviously that went really poorly but I think Indiana's better since then um you know I thought against you know we've talked about against Cincinnati you know in so many areas they played they were the better team but mistakes absolutely killed them they turned the ball over a bunch and then they gave up some um some easy points off of turnovers and um uh, special teams if you can eliminate those you can take care of the ball you can have a chance to win this game it's not gonna be easy it's gonna be a tough game penn state might be the best team in the big 10 right now they're playing really really well they're ranked i think fourth in the country and, and for good reason um you know but I, I don't think they're an invincible team i don't think they're an unbeatable team but you're gonna have to go in there and then after last year obviously they're gonna have you know some revenge on their mind because of how that game ended last year and how you know whether however you saw it whether he was in or out michael Penix that is on the two-point conversion but there's there's um, there's definitely going to be they're going to be gunning for IU and want to prove a point. I would think. I was going to ask you my next question: Who do you think at this point of the season is the best team in the Big Ten Conference? And I was pretty sure it was Iowa until I saw their somewhat lackluster performance. They won against Colorado State, but it was a a scary movie for a bit. Yeah, I mean, I, Iowa's defense is really really good. They played well all year. I mean, they went into Ames and really you know pretty much shut down Iowa State. And that's a that's a solid team. Um, I, I, I like Penn State maybe a little bit more. And, 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 and you know, uh, with the caveat that obviously when I'm working games, I don't get to see everybody as much as maybe other people because it's tough to watch all the games. But, you know, the, with this new offensive coordinator, I think, has really spiced up their offense. I mean, Sean Clifford is playing. You know, he was benched last year for basically, you know, not playing very well, inconsistent play. And he's playing really, really high-level football right now. Um, you know, and then obviously they've got athletes all over the field. Jahan Dotson is really good at receiver. Um, so I think just because I think their offense is a little bit better than Iowa's, I, I probably take them. But Iowa's definitely definitely in the conversation. They played well and deserve to be mentioned as one of the best teams uh, in the Big Ten. But I would go with Penn State right now because I, they just seem like they really got they're they're clicking in all phases. All right, that's Matt Weaver of Peaks dot com. Matt, thanks for the chat, and we'll catch up with you again next week. Okay, thanks, guys. Take care. Couple notes as we wrap up this Thursday show: the IU game against Ohio State on October twenty third is now officially a sellout. The school has announced, so this will be the second sellout of the season for IU football, which doesn't happen all the time, to be quite honest. And also going to the Thornton's text line to catch up on a few comments that came in. Uh, Texter says, love the show, but I haven't heard from Greg Doyle lately as he no longer on the show. Greg is not going to be with us each Tuesday, but he will stop by occasionally for an appearance. Also, another texter writes, 
Mike Schumann is the smartest mind on IU athletics right now. I'm very pleased that you've added him to the show. Please make him a regular. He has a good voice for radio. He's measured but interesting. I like him a lot. Mike Schumann of the Daily Hoosier was with us on Tuesday, his first appearance. Yes, Mike will be back. Thanks for listening. We'll be back Friday at 11 a.m. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.